I like the definitions of brand, which are all about that, which take a very wide view. Um, and a friend of mine has a definition of brand being like film production, getting all of the elements together um, and then expressing uh, a clear idea. What's up, my experts are here at Epic Design. And our guest today is Michael Johnson. And Michael is one of the world's leading graphic designers and brand consultants. So his, uh, his studio, Johnson Banks, is responsible for the rebranding of many notable clients, including brands like Virgin Atlantic, Think London, BFI, Christian Aid, and he has won plenty of awards in the process. So Michael is also the author of the book, Branding in, uh, in Five and a Half Steps, and which is the book right here. So this is the book we are going to talk about today. So um, Michael is an expert when it comes to branding, and that's why I really wanted to have him on our podcast uh, to talk about his uh, branding process. Hello, Michael. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on our podcast. Um, well, thank you very much for inviting me, Harry. Nice to meet you. Uh, thanks. Um, so first, I wanted to say that um, your book is quite different than anything out there. It's quite big. It's a big format just for our listeners who are either creative professionals or uh, business leaders. And uh, it's pretty heavy, but it's easy to read because you give us a lot of examples and case studies. And it's full of illustrations, as you guys can see. So you really give us a ton of, of examples so we can understand all of these you know, tools and techniques that you talk about and, and, and your process, so, which really makes, makes it easy to, to, to comprehend of all the different aspects of uh, brand building. So um, I just wanted to talk about, uh, I just wanted to make it actionable for our listeners and talk about your process. Before that, can we just get on the same page in terms of uh, what is branding? Because many people, different people will define brand, uh, what a brand is and what branding is in, in different ways. So what, how would you define, what's the best definition of, of what a brand is? I have, I have pretty broad definitions of branding, really. Um, my work covers all aspects of branding. Um, the definition of a brand and the brand identity, I guess, the way it looks. So um, I like the definitions of brand, which are all about that, which take a very wide view. Um, and a friend of mine has a definition of brand being like film production, getting all of the elements together um, and then expressing uh, a clear idea. Um, I think that's a nice way of looking at it. I also think that uh, Jeff Bezos's comment about brand is a good one. A brand is what, you're, uh, what people say about you when you're not in the room. Um, I think that's another nice way of saying it. So I, I am very much of the broad, holistic um, view that it's the words and the images and the identity that you use that make up this concept of branding. Okay, so you present us uh, with f uh, five steps, five and a half steps, right? Uh, so the first step would always be about investigation or research. So the first step would be to find out, you know, where the brand stands as of now. So it would, if it's a startup, maybe it's more like about where we wanna, where we wanna go. Uh, so which requires uh, inv to investigate, immerse ourselves in, and, and carry out proper research, right? So yeah, we, we need to understand the issues before we actually propose any, you know, develop any solutions. Because you, as you say in your book, quote, the biggest temptation at the start of any brand project 
is for someone to stand up and declare that they know exactly what the problem is and how it should be fixed. So, so can you just walk us through, through the research phase and perhaps give us some tips on how to properly conduct audit in, yeah. in order to focus on the right types of problems? Yeah, well, I think that um, as a bit of background to this, um, I, yes. I really, in, for, for a, in my 20s, I spent most of my time as a graphic designer and I was frustrated really because I would think that I was finding the perfect solution, perfect design solution to a project, yet I would present it and I would realize that I was presenting a great solution to the wrong problem, often. Um, and I know this comes with experience, I suppose, but also it made me realize that I had to spend more time working out what the problem really was. And sometimes a client will say, well, the problem is this. And then when you have a little look, when you investigate, when you look at the market that they're in, or you look at their competitors, or you look at the sector, you realize that even sometimes a client has it wrong and they, they think that the problem is X, but really the problem is Y. So um, we have for really for quite a while now, a couple of decades, been spending quite a lot of time digging, looking at a market, looking at a sector, looking at competitors, finding out what other people say. Um, for, so that's for established brands and organizations. For startups, you're really looking at the sector, where they're planning to go, and um, usually startups have an idea about where they will sit in the sector. So you're just checking if the gap that they've identified, whether there's a market in that gap and whether that's the best idea. Um, startups usually have a pretty good idea that there will be a gap, and that's why they're starting up. So that's what we do. I mean, and we do a lot of visual and verbal auditing, and sometimes we do a lot of interviewing with established clients to find out what people think, uh, where they think they should be going, and what they think the problem is. So it, it's a, it, it's kind of research, really, um, and it can take it takes many forms and many levels, and it could take as little as two weeks, or it could take two months, three months, four months, sometimes. But that's what we do first. Right. So it's always the first step. So just so some of my takeaways for our listeners. Uh, you talk in your book, you talk about visual audit, verbal audit, behavioral audit, competitive audit and peer audit. Right. And you describe all those types of audits here. Yeah. Analysis, which is about strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats. Target market analysis, which is about looking at customers and, and creating uh, per, uh, personas and using archetypes to identify those customers. And, and then you also present us with this exercise, past, present, and future, which is you know yeah. about uh, attributes as of now and uh, how they have changed, if, if it's an established company, as you just said, how, uh, how it has changed uh, from the past and what are our aspirations for the future, right? Yeah. So, so that would be the first step. And then the second step would be to strategize. Uh, so in the second step of your branding process, uh, you, you talk about, it, it's all about words, right? It's all about verbal brand. It's all about describing and defining that brand before, we actually, before it actually becomes visual. So here you say, quote, you can choose to have your brand defined by your customers or clients, or you can choose to try to define it yourself, end quote. So here you talk about many different tools and techniques to, to define that allows us to, to define brands well. And, uh, you know, start, start, you, you talk quite a lot about brand purpose, brand personality, of course, positioning and so on. And, and there are many different aspects of branding. So uh, can you just... Talk to us about this strategy and narrative steps and what, 
And and perhaps can you walk us uh, just give us an overview overview of your uh, six brand questions framework. Now we are going to take a quick break here, but we will be right back. Listen, my mission is to help people build and design iconic brands. So whether you're a business leader who wants to be more intentional with branding and all of its aspects, or you're a creative professional who wants to attract powerful clients and truly be able to help them with branding, then you need to start with a discovery session in order to develop a strategy that will inform all of your creative work. And everything that you need to learn how to do that, you can find in my online courses at ebekdesign.com shop, where I share with you my worksheets, case studies, video tutorials, and other additional resources to help you feel safe and strong about your process. And now let's get back to our interview. Yeah, well, I, the reason why I started doing this was uh, for years I would work with other strategists, but I, I, I became a little um, not so happy with the, the work that they were doing for me. And also I started to work, about 20 years ago, I started to work with more not-for-profit and, and what we call NGO clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and they often didn't have the budget to do a massive strategic stage, but we, we knew that we had to help them define what they stood for. So you find the words that they could agree from which we could then um, build a visual brand around. So the verbal brand would then lead to the visual brand. So we would, at that time, 20 years ago, we were still using the kind of um, what you might call the brand jargon, uh, which a lot of people still use. You know, what is your brand essence and what are your your overwhelming brand vision and all of this stuff. And actually what I started to do was take all of that jargon out because I discovered that many of my clients didn't really understand it. I felt that I was hiding behind the jargon. So I just started to ask very simple questions, you know, uh, who are we here for? What do we do? Um, what makes us different? Uh, what do we value the most? Um, what's our personality? So these very, very simple questions. And by asking these really simple questions, I realized that it would it worked much, much better in meetings and workshops because people go, oh, well, okay, uh, what do we value the most? So rather than say, ladies and gentlemen, we're doing brand values, I just say, what do you value the most? Or, what kind of personality would do you think you have or would you like to have? And that I found much, much more useful and it led to much better discussions. And then as we kind of plotted these questions, I, we would end up with this, the most important question, which is why are you here? What have you been put on this earth to do? And this is especially useful for my clients. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Just, yes. just wanted to show our, to our listeners what we are talking about. And then, yeah. Uh, that's so a particularly the, complicated version of the diagram. That's for the real kind of detail. This is the most adva- more advanced. Yeah. It is. Yeah. There's a simpler yes. version. But right what in the middle that? of the diagram, in the yes. middle of this diagram, there's this idea. Uh, isn't, you, it's not such a new idea. If you take most of the brand models, from most brand consultancies across the world, there's always something at the core of them. Yes. Um, but people have all sorts of different words. And I like the idea of just saying, well, what's the why? Why are we here? What's our purpose? What's, what, why, what, what have we been put on this earth to do? And I find that's very useful because that's then people have to answer the question, why are we here? Okay, so uh, because the world needs creativity or we're um, building a fair education for everyone or, you know, those kind of questions, they're very high questions, but they really help people because most clients, most companies, most organizations are really good at talking about what they do and how they do it, but really bad at saying why they do it. Once I can help them with the why, then all of a sudden things get much more interesting and Mm -hmm. much more powerful and much more emotional and we become much more able to build a really solid, defendable 
unique and interesting brand, which is the point of the exercise, really. Right. So it, it's not easy to, as, as you said, it's, it's easier to ask for the question of what we are doing and or even how we are doing. But yes. it's a little bit harder to answer why we are here, why we are doing this. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and some clients do struggle with that. Um, you know, oh, I don't know, Michael, why are we here? I said, well, you know, why are you here? And it isn't it isn't something you can maybe do in a 10 minute Zoom call. It, it, it's, it, it can mean workshops. It can mean Often we would we would write scenarios for them about what we think, why we think they're here, but we won't go and say, you know, here it is. We'll say, well, are you? Do you think this is right, or this is right, or this is right? And so we will we will use, if you like, scenario analysis a lot to do that because that's we've discovered that's the best way to kind of tease out of people um, where they should really be. It seems to work very well, especially for our clients who are very purpose driven. Nearly every single one of our clients is uh, a purpose-driven, ethical client. So this is very helpful for our process. Right. Uh, and especially when it comes to nonprofits, right? Yes, really. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So my takeaway, so, the, so you present us with this framework, uh, six brand questions, just to give a, a, an overview to our, to our listeners, what they can expect from the book if you want to check it out. So the, the first question would be, what we do and what, and how we do it. So you you would start with this question if you are an existing brand. So you you quite you, you give us some tips on you know where to start if you are a startup or where to start if you are an existing brand. It's going to be a little bit different, but it's the same framework, right? Uh, it's just all yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you might do it. In, you might just do it in a different order. Yeah. In different order, right? So the second question would be, who are we here for? And the next ones would be, what uh, do we value the most? What's our personality? What makes us different? And why are we here? And so that's the last question. But if you are, you know, if you are a startup, you would probably start want to start here. Why we are here with this question, right? Probably. Although, although I think for startups, the why we're here and what makes us different, those are the two very important questions. Because you if if they if they don't know why they're here and they don't know why they're different, then why bother to start? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. what I mean. The, the questions do they, the the importance of the questions changes slightly depending on who you're working with. But the point of the book was at least to just put something very simple on the page and then people can modulate it, they can play with it, they can experiment with it, as I've been doing for you know 15 20 years i just didn't want to make it look the whole point of the book is to say look here's a framework that you might find useful it's mm -hmm. not the reason why the book is quite big is because it's like all of the strategy and stuff and then all of the design stuff all in one book the point of the book yes. is that it's all there in one book you don't have to read a ton of strategy books and you don't have to flick through a ton of design books which you could yes. do you'd need you'd need to go through 15, 20 strategy books and 100 design books to get all that information. So really, the point of the book is to try and... And, and it may not be that successful. Uh, I don't know. Actually, it's it's been very um, popular, the book. So maybe it has been successful. It, it, yeah, definitely. In 300 pages. You, you, oh, yeah, so thank under, you. That's, uh, underestimate. So this is what you were talking about. Actually, I, I should have said yeah. that in, in, the, in the introduction. So this is what you talk about in the introduction. That's what you just said. You know, we have so many books on design, and we have mm. a lot of books on strategy, but not. But they just. Uh, it's not. It's not like this is one book about strategy and design and how to bridge that gap. Yeah, so that's why it's, yeah. this book is different. 
Yeah, um, and, my, and my idea was someone who was interested in strategy would read the front cover and maybe keep reading and learn about design. And designers would, would, would pick up this book and go, okay, well, you know, I, I know about this. Yeah, I know about design. But what's this stuff at the beginning about strategy? I, the, two, the two sides, which are often slightly opposed, weirdly, mm -hmm. in the branding business, that would, uh, that they kind of cross over. That's the mm -hmm. point, really. That's the idea. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, and then I've checked out many different books. And as you said, it's true, it's true. There are books about design or there are books about strategy. There, are, there is not really, uh, there are not really many of them, you know. So this is uh, a great tool, either for designers who want to be more strategic or for strat strategists who want to like uh, learn more about design. So exactly. if yeah. they are direct projects, for example, and, and, and stuff like that, they, they can be more involved or, you know, understand how designers work as well. Okay, so we've talked about the investi investigation part and the strategy, strategizing uh, and the verbal, defining a verbal, a verbal brand. So now there is two and a half step, right? Which is this, uh, yeah. that's why the book is called five and a half steps, right? So two and a half is about bridging that gap, right? So uh, here you make a point that uh, branding isn't always a linear uh, process and lo like logical. So you go like one, two, three, four, five. Sometimes we just need to go back and forth a little bit, especially between strategy and design. And especially in those cases when our design process can prompt some new ideas so we can go back to, to strategy and revise that strategy a bit. So that's what this step is all about. And especially you talk a lot uh, here about naming, yes. brand architecture, but not only that, right? So uh, as I said, sometimes design exploration can inspire our, our strategy or inspire us to revise our strategy and focus on something slightly different. So can you just perhaps, you know, uh, give us some examples here or, or talk a bit about like what's the process when of you working with clients and how it looks like in real life? Well, um, yeah, the, the, the reason why I put this half step in was because to your point, um, often branding projects, <laughs> people want a brand project to be linear. Yeah. And most projects are linear, but then there are some where the, the, the end of the, the verbal stage and the beginning of the visual get a little bit blurred. Um, now, for a while, that kind of annoyed me. And I thought, no, 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 we finished that stage. We're starting this stage. You can't, you can't mess with the bit we just agreed. But actually, the more we did, the more we got into it, we realized that actually, if you let one side inform the other, it's quite useful. So if you let the two blur into each other, that can be quite helpful. So uh, we have many, many examples where we've, nearly finished the brand strategy, strategy and we start the design phase, something happens in the design, the creative stage that makes us think, well, perhaps we could slightly amend the words, the verbal brand, if you like, to reflect it. So we did a, um, a big teaching brand over here in, in, in the UK called Teach First. And we had an idea in the design phase about building, building a better education. Um, that we then went back to the narrative and just added some of that into the narrative. So it kind of looped, if you like. Mm -hmm. That's a really good yes. example. And also yes. this, uh, the, the, w this, this blur between the verbal and the visual is especially prevalent when you get to something like either brand architecture, where you're trying to work out where everything goes together. And that's sometimes difficult for a strategist to work out, but designers seem to be good at that. So designers are useful for that process. Um, and the other part, of course, is naming, because naming and branding are um, umbilically intertwined, really. You can't 
it's very, very hard to do a great piece of branding if the name is dreadful. Very well. I mean, it's not impossible, but it's pretty hard. So naming itself is a creative process. So that's that's why I put those kind of things in this chapter. But really, the chapter is there to encourage people to think about the definition side and the creative side and how the two kind of blur together. Now, increasingly, well, no, every now and again, we do a series of we put two and three on my stage, two and three together. So uh, uh, narrative and design, put them together in projects. And maybe over time, we'll do more of that. It's possible. But anyway, that, that's the point of this half step. It's just to encourage people to kind of blur the lines a little bit. Right. So uh, so this is two and a half. And, and then so the step one and two is about, you know, verbal branding and strategy, defining the brand, investigating, researching. And then the, uh, the other two steps or three steps would be about, you know, design and implementation. So now the step number three is about design. So once we've researched the market, we worked out the strategy and we, we decided on a name. Now we want to jump into the design phase. So we would pre- preferably we would want to start with a design brief, right? To just summarize everything on you know either on one page or so. So we have some keywords, we have some so we can start. For example, because this is how designer how designers work. I've worked with Chermai and Geismar, and then you also describe this process in, in in your book. And you know some designers will use some keywords from the brief as verbal, verbal prompts and other designers may just jump into you know, searching for imagery or start creating mood boards. The, the design brief should inform our design exploration, right? So can you just walk us through this design step and, and perhaps give us some useful tips or, or examples? Yeah, yeah well, um, it, interestingly, because our big brand, when we do these very big branding projects now, because we've investigated the market, we just worked out where... Uh, organizations going and then we define them we find that quite often we don't need to write a a particularly perfect design brief because we already know what the problem is and, and what we're trying to do and really we can we can deal with the, the briefing of the design team here we can just have a discussion you know there'll there'll be a report there'll be audits there'll be kind of stuff written down about what the client wants to be and what they want to do and and it's interesting that we find ourselves not writing design briefs quite often because it's clear, it's obvious what the problem is. And then really the job really is, uh, and the way we approach it is that we cast the net very wide. We look at multiple ways to attack a problem. Um, mm-hmm. We will use met- metaphors. We, will, we might use words. We might use imagery. Um, my office is covered in magnetic walls and we, we put all of this work up and all of these references and all of these ideas up on a wall and we have this kind of rolling crypt on the wall so everything's done in the open here there's none of that hiding your ideas away and then presenting them to the creative director on friday morning you know which creates a weird kind of barrier i think so everything is in the open everything's rolling so now we're working obviously digitally but it's still we have these massive google slide decks with with hundreds and hundreds of pages where people are just throwing their their ideas in so and we let are one person's ideas knock onto another person's ideas and that's intentional yeah. it's like a hive mind way of working and i've found this to be a really good way of working i mean yeah. it, it's it's quite pressurizing for some some designers sometimes because your 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 ideas are in public and if you're having a hard time at home or you've split up with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever you know you know you know then yeah you know, it's it's a, it's 
obvious that you're not producing anything, but by and large, it seems to work pretty well. And that, and that's, and then we funnel it down. We kind of edit 30 ideas down to, to 10, and then we decide which three or four we should share with the client. Um, we would very rarely share just one idea. That would be really unusual for us. How many that, ideas do you present clients with? Um, it depends, but we're, we're trying to limit ourselves. Just We're trying to cut down. We're, in the past, we've maybe shared too many. We're trying to get down to, I don't know, three to five ways to do it. I, yeah. The reason why we still show options, incidentally, is because I think it's a bit arrogant to say, here is the solution. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's not very strategic either for all sorts of reasons. A, we would often say, here's a solution that will take you in this direction. This solution will take you in this direction. This solution will take you in that direction. So we would use the design phase as another strategic phase, really. Yeah. And B, nearly all of our work now has to be trademark checked. It has to pass through legal checks. Yeah. It has to be has to go through massive database searches and checks. And so to just have one idea... You have to be a and utterly sure that no one ever, ever, ever has done this before, and utterly sure that it doesn't exist on a trademark database. Now that's very hard, even for the best designers in the world. That's really hard to know if something's unique or it hasn't been done before. So we would often slightly um, cover ourselves by looking at it two or three different ways, because often uh, of the final one or two choices do go into t uh, trademark checks. I don't know if you know, the American Trademark Check database has got 34 million trademarks on it. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot. Now, a lot of people don't do this. A lot, maybe if they're working at a lower level, they don't think about trademark checking. They don't think about the legal implications of the work that we do. But we think about it all the time because we're naming people and we're branding people every day. There's the implications of us getting this wrong or giving someone a brand that already exists or is registered in the same classification implications are very bad for us and for the client so that's why we we take this pretty seriously so i mean that, that's a serious point i don't mean to sound heavy about that but we actually enjoy this kind of wide approach and then funnel downwards right so wide net as you said many many different uh, many different options many different designs but you just narrow them down to selected few, you you screen them. You do some preliminary trademark yes. screening. You you yep. check, you know, the same industry, same field for similar, yep. you know, symbols or visual marks uh, or naming if, if you do naming. So you know, so as you said, I think it's a common practice to present clients with three to five concepts, uh, very strong concepts, all all, hmm. strong, all concepts that you believe in. Well, actually, so, Eric, Eric, I think it's worth saying that the that isn't strictly true for some companies what some companies do is the classic here's the safe route here's the interesting route here's the wild route yeah mm -hmm. like points on a line if you like and we we don't do that we don't we just we, we don't present a safe route yeah uh -huh. because clients always pick a safe route <laughs> right yeah 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 <laughs> so actually look at yeah, you, you, if there's, someone's gone to the, the trouble of finding Johnson Banks and asking them to do a long and often quite expensive process, what's the point of just taking the logo and go, you know, there, there is no point. So we very, very rarely would do that uh, yeah. unless it's just a phenomenally good reason just to do nothing. Um, nearly always we're looking at ways to make the uh, brand stand out, make it more, more clearer, more definable. 
Yeah. Yes, it's uh, branding is all about standing out, right? As you talk about this uh, quite a lot in your book, and as we can see through your work, you know. Okay, so uh, some of my takeaways also from this part, the design part. Uh, we, we don't, we, we, as you said, wide net. So we think broadly about you know many different things. We test those designs on different applications. We select some of the applications, you know, preferably in in the previous stages with the client. What's important to them. You know, because we need to understand the context and design from develop designs for that context. And we also, you talk about thinking toolkit, uh, think toolkit, thinking, you know, Im- imagery, photography, typography, colors, not just logo, but how this logo will look like on, on different and, and behave on different applications. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, so uh, you, so select three to five designs uh, to share with the client, but you must be clear about what's appropriate and what's most differentiating at this stage. And it should be clear based on your strategy. If you've gone through that, that's why you, you talk about quite a lot and you make a point in your book that why strategy is so important and we shouldn't just jump straight into designers. You know, many just uh, beginners uh, do. So the next step would be to implement now. So so now since you know well, we've presented client with some options and uh, perhaps we a client you know we've decided on a winner with the client together mm. with the client and then we need to ensure good implementation right maybe we go through another step of revision some you know polishing and then we would have to sit down and prepare all those different applications properly, logo artwork, full list of applications, perhaps develop like a a design manual or just a style guide that describes how to use different brand assets, like like I just mentioned, typography, uh, photography, colors, and so on, and just prepare for the implementation and rollout. So can you just walk us through this step, how it looks like when working with uh, with bigger brands? Yeah, well, we... um... Yeah, once it, once the route has been chosen, uh, sometimes it's been researched, uh, whatever. Um, once it's been chosen, yeah, we need to get it ready to to roll out, and and that can that on a simple level that can be just the the the, the drawing of a logo, the drawing of a symbol, uh, the picking of a colours and and the and the design and writing of a short manual. More and more, we're developing typefaces, doing bespoke typo uh, bespoke typography, uh, photo shoots, illustration styles. Um, I think as people, more and more clients and brands now realize that it's the, the toolkit, to use your word. Um, a brand toolkit is very important and very useful. And so we'll be working on that. We're often returning to the words in this stage, thinking about tone of voice, thinking about messages and messaging. And so all of the elements are coming together to provide a kind of guideline for the client. And we're often designing certain key elements as well. It depends on a bit on the client, but we might be doing uh, two or three key key bits of work to show a kind of exemplars if you like to show how it might work or we in our case we might be um, working with a web agency who's doing a key bit of work or we're working with animators or coders so we we then become this kind of linchpin in the rollout process sometimes we're doing advertising campaigns or helping an ad agency get to grips with the brand because they've been brought in to do something specific. So lots and lots of different channels of work at this stage. And we're kind of the the key to it, the core, the keystone, if you like, to all of this bits of work. And then the fifth stage after this is is whether we're deciding, sometimes we're coming back to it and we're re-engaging with the brand years later 
will be asked to revive it. And that's possible. And so that's, uh, there could also in the fifth stage that I talk about in the book, you, there might even be a decision whether to just kill a brand. A brand might have reached to the end of its, what they, they call in marketing a product life cycle. The brand is over. It's, it's, it's time to let it go. More likely, though, I think is that people might look at something six or seven years in or 10 years in or 15 years, maybe, and think, OK, it needs a refresh. And now we need to start it again. You know? And we're doing that uh, on a couple of brands at the moment. So that's right. how the, the process works, really. Perfect. So, yeah, so that will be the fifth and, and the last step to engage and revive. So as, yeah. as you just walked us through, you know, sometimes we, we need to uh, refresh the brand. Uh, Okay, so that's that's about it. This this is uh, all about you know uh, we, we've just uh, summarized basically you know actually you know I really recommend you guys to check out this book. Uh, it, it's good whether for creative professionals or or, or or business leaders. It's really really comprehensive. So this was just like a high level overview. So as we are approaching the end of our interview, please let us know how we can get uh, in touch with you, whether it is for uh, clients who want to work with you or for designers who just want to learn from you. What's the best way to get in yeah, touch? Yeah, the best way is that via our website, johnsonbanks.co.uk. Um, there you can see, I don't know, 50 or 60 case studies and you can just email us through the info at johnsonbanks.co.uk or you can even apply for a job at work at johnsonbanks.co.uk. We're often looking for designers and because of lockdown, we, we have designers all over the world now. So we're, we're open and we're interested. And Johnson Banks is relatively small. So we're always looking for new people and new ideas and, and new collaborators. So please get in touch. Awesome. Michael, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on our show. I really appreciate that. It's my pleasure, Eric, and, and thanks very much for inviting me. I'm sorry I'm a little short of time today, but we just kept this to a nice, um, short and sweet, 35 minutes. Fantastic. And, yes. Um, I, if people are interested in this book, then that's great. It's also out in uh, Mandarin now. It's come out, just come out in China. So, oh, yeah? That's awesome. Yes, yeah. I'm going to, of course, I'm going to link uh, to this book uh, in the description okay. box so you guys can check it out. So you said there's many different languages available, right? Uh, no, only English and Chinese so far. All, only Chinese. Okay, Chinese. Yeah. 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 Okay. But, but it 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 um it it's been solidly selling for ooh, four or five years, so it, it seems to be very popular and useful book, which is great because that was what it, it was written to be. It was written to be an open source resource for everyone who was interested in all aspects of branding, and it seems to have done the job. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. It is. I, I've checked out many books and, and, and I've seen many designers recommend this book. So I decided, decided to check it out. And, you know, I wasn't disappointed. Definitely. It's, it's one of the most comprehensive books out there. Right. So, and I, I just yeah. say, it's not, it's not a book. I, okay. It's got some of my projects in it, but it's not a project about me and my projects. It's a project about the branding. It's a book about the branding process. That's all. Anyway, um, I've got to go. Um, but lovely to meet you, Thank Eric. You. And, and maybe sometime we could do a um, a broader podcast about. Sure, but yeah, th this was great. We've covered everything that I wanted to cover. So thank you so okay. much. All right. Okay. You See you soon. Learn. Bye. So thanks for tuning in. And if you enjoyed this episode of On Branding Podcast, and follow me on social media for more tips on branding, strategy, and design. This was Eric Dvorniczak from Ibek Design. And I will see you in the next one.